We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Gina Crash. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland, a production of Odyssey Baltimore. My guest today is Lisa Davis. She's the Director of Workforce Development at the Greater Baltimore Urban League. Good morning, Lisa. How you doing? I'm doing great, Gina. Thank you for having me. We're so excited. If people don't know, Odyssey became a proud partner with the National Urban League in October of 2020. And locally here at Odyssey Baltimore, we partnered with you at the Greater Baltimore Urban League to advance racial justice and equity in the communities we both serve. And at the request of Tiffany Majors, your wonderful president and chief executive officer of GBUL, she wanted me to shine the spotlight on Maryland this quarter on you, Lisa, and your important role as the Director of Workforce Development at GBUL. And you can find the Greater Baltimore Urban League online at GBUL.org. Also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook on social media. And if people need more information about some of the important things we're going to be discussing on today's show, we're also going to be posting this interview online at todays1019.com. So no worries if you're joining it in progress or anything like that. So, Lisa, first up, um, tell us a little bit about your background and how that led you to your current role as Director of Workforce Development at the Greater Baltimore Urban League. And, you know, how long have you been in your current role? That's a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) It is a lot of questions. So I'll start last. Um, I've been at the Urban League since uh, December 13th of last year. So it has been an invigorating, inspirational six months. Yeah. And that you were kind of coming on the like right when we were, you know, getting some vaccines, but we were still in the middle of a pandemic. So you're kind of joining where, you know, you're pivoting into doing as much as you can in the community. So that's been, I'm sure, a really exciting time to be doing what you're doing. But it's it's not like you just joined in this field, um, you know, last year. You have had like 20 plus years in workforce development. So Tell people a little bit about, you know, what your role entails. And if they hear, you know, Director of Workforce Development, they might not know exactly what is workforce development or what a workforce development director does, but um, I'm sure you can tell us. Okay, sure. So um, if I could just back up a little bit um, to talk about the 20 years plus, I think that it's important for your listeners to understand that volunteering is super important. and it started as I volunteered at a lot of social service agencies after college, MBA, some family support agencies, literacy agencies, leading to a GED, uh, teaching GED, leading to a master's. And that brought me into my current role, um, serving under, doing work with underserved communities in Baltimore, teens, adults, parents, returning citizens and um, workforce development, to to answer your question. Workforce development is moving people into sustainable employability from jobs to careers. So what does that look like? Sometimes it is just a matter of accessing paperwork. Do you know where your social security card is? Do we need to get you a social security card? Can you find your birth certificate? 
Can we get you a birth certificate? Those are some basic things in looking for jobs. And sometimes people just don't know where they are, especially with with this pandemic. Sometimes it's a matter of teaching soft skills, body language, tone. Sometimes it's a matter of education, helping someone obtain an adult external diploma or GED or taking some classes at the community training. The other thing with workforce development is that we connect with training. So you can become a CNA, work in construction, get your OSHA training. This digital divide is real. And as you said, during the pandemic and even after, put a spotlight on some of our communities where we don't have equal access to that computer, that laptop. What the heck is a Zoom? You know, Lisa, you're absolutely right. When you mentioned somebody might not have access to their Social Security card or important documents like that, say if they're in transition and they don't have permanent housing, and then how do you get those things? You go online. But there is a digital divide. You don't necessarily have access to a computer. So if you found that's something that you definitely have been working on, particularly during this pandemic, that maybe sh- you know shined a light on that inequality that we don't, they, you know, we serve communities that may not have access to those materials to get the items they need to be compliant, to get that job and to become, you know, an active working member of the community. That's That's got to be a huge part of what you do. It is, absolutely, Gina. And, you know, we really focus on meeting people where they are, which means I'm a 40-year-old uh, mother of three and I don't know how to turn on a computer. I don't know how to download. I don't know how to fill out an application online. To someone who we have a new program for advanced credentialing into Security Plus or certified ethical trainer. So those are two distinct populations. So we need to meet the participant where they are, and that's crucial with our workforce development. Finding out what the goal of the participant is because my goal isn't necessarily their goal. We have people who just want to be able to work a nine to five. We have people who want to get that credential and become an entrepreneur or be the head of a company. So it is very, I keep saying crucial, it is quite important to make sure that your goals are aligning and that we're not pushing our agenda onto the participant. Right, because you may be re-entering the workforce in a lot of cases, um, and there are certainly, would seem to people like, well, everybody seems to be hiring right now. Well, that that might be true, but not. we don't always have the skills for those jobs to fill those jobs, so it's it, you're, you're kind of helping bridge that gap as well with, with skills, right? Right, absolutely. And, you know, when you think back, of what you were going to be, a brilliant kind of radio person or radio <laughs> producer or, or or even my job as the director of workforce. What I initially started to do was what my grandmother told my mother to do and my mother told me to do, right? So sometimes we end up in jobs where our community or our family has pushed, I, I, I don't want to say pushed, but inspired us right. down a certain career path and you're putting out your applications to law school and you think, I don't want to do this. Right, <laughs> what, right. What is this? 
Yes. That's funny you so. say that. I thought I was going to law school. Yeah. And then sometimes you think like, actually, in my family, they're like, oh, radio, that's not that's not a real job, you know, but it's become right. so much more. I didn't start out doing, you know, speaking with important people like you, like public affairs and all that other stuff kind of I grew into that role as I became more experienced. But, you know, if you're just looking for a job for, you know, a radio announcer, um, you know, of entry level, it's it's totally different than what I do now. It's kind of it's also evolved with technology, as I'm sure your job has, too. Like you're mentioning mm-hmm. Zoom and, you know, all the digital aspects of it. You guys are really active on social media. And that's another way to get a hold of people these days that we hadn't thought about when you and I were starting out in our careers. So I think kind of helping other people keep up at the same time, you're doing exactly the same thing. So you're communicating with people for um, what they need to succeed in this complicated world. Oh, absolutely. And the kind of like the final piece or kind of the final piece of that um, workforce development pocket is an assessment and a plan, right? Because it's that rule of documentation. If it doesn't, if it isn't written, it didn't happen. So a participant could come and say, hey, I want to be a CNA. Well, how does that start? What are the credentials? What do you need? Do you need a GED? Do we need a laptop? Do you understand how to use the laptop? So we have to do realistic assessments. And sometimes we use the Holland Code or Myers-Briggs, or um, we even look on the Bureau of Labor and Statistics to find out, okay, well, if you want to be a medical assistant, what are your day-to-day duties? And Gina, <laughs> sometimes the day-to-day duties aren't what you envision. Right. They're so not as, make sure. Yeah, they're not as glamorous. And I just saw a piece on the news yesterday that, you know, um, assisted living, you know, nursing homes and facilities for our elderly, um, older Americans are having like a 98% shortage of people right now, especially in the the, the CNE world. That's, that's what you call that, right? The certified, what is it, nurses, assistant? That's exactly right, and I can yeah. attest to that because I have a relative in rehab right now, and it's hard to, to find not just qualified people, but people that actually care about the client or the patient and and doing their job. Yeah, it becomes a, like a, a quality of life issue sometimes, too. Like you, Sometimes they're short-staffed, which is why they need to hire, um, and that's why they'll be handling uh, so many more cases than they normally would outside of the pandemic, really. So, yeah, this is something I think we all have to, to deal with. And even if someone doesn't have an older American in their life, they certainly will soon. Um, or, That's right. or it will be them eventually one day. So, yeah, the Holland Code, where people can find that online at bls.gov slash OCO. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. And, and the Holland Code, they can just Google. It's one of several assessments. Gotcha. And I, re- um, I remember that Myers-Briggs type indicator, too. That's kind of telling right. you what kind of personality you have and whether or not you'd be suited right. for a particular job. And it might seem very scientific, but honestly, all these things help make sure that people are just hiring the right people for these jobs, right? They're, that's right. They're all pieces of the puzzle, mm-hmm. right? Including Indeed. those soft skills. Hello, thank you, tone, body language. These are these are all pieces of the puzzle to, to make that uh, job to career transition. It's true. You only have that one chance to make a first impression. And sometimes we get off on the wrong foot. You might end up uh, in a different direction than you thought you wanted to start at. But um, tell us a little bit about this is important too. the three pillars of workforce development. I'm, I'm so happy that we're learning a lot about workforce development today. Well, oh, thank you, Gina. So for us, the pillars consist of customer experience financial literacy, and job to career. That customer experience, we have a lot, a lot of people who are 
mistreated or disrespected. So we want to always make sure that we know you're in front of me, either, you know, virtually um, or in some of our in-person, and you're the most important thing to me right now. Let's look at each other eye to eye, okay? We're not shoving you off to the next step. That, that I think, is crucial at the beginning of any relationship. The other part of that customer experience is making sure that we are looking the employer eye to eye. We have some employers that um, will contact me and say, oh, we want to work with free entry. Well, what does that actually mean? Let me explain to you what our reentry population is. Let me provide the coaching and the customer service to you if there's a question. So that customer experience is, is key, one, yeah. of, one of the key. Um, yeah, that requires tra- training on both ends, it sounds like. Sorry to interrupt you, but it sounds like there, it requires training on both ends. Absolutely. And then we have participants who one of um, our mentor volunteers said, you know, you should not be uh, shopping someplace where you can't work. Mm. Which is absolutely the truth. If you're a reentry person and they're happy to take their money, they should be happy to take your application. Absolutely right. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of different things. And, you know, I know you also cover a very important area of reaching those folks who have been impacted by social justice. And maybe Mm -hmm. some people feel kind of powerless in that, but they have more power than than they know about it. But they don't know unless we talk about it today like we're doing and also that you – reach out to them and help people in that situation. So what do you do for, for those who have been apt, impacted by social justice? What's their next step? What kind of resources do they have and things like that that they can get some help in that area? Okay, so that's an excellent question, Gina. It starts at the intake where we are looking them eyeball to eyeball, as, as I mentioned, making sure that they know they're the most important thing right now in this conversation. And from the intake, we do hear the things that we have and the assessment, and you want to make sure that there's a plan of action. As I mentioned, if it isn't written, it doesn't happen. So what does that look like? As you're doing the intake, you discover, is this person homeless? Does this person have a home situation that is not going to be conducive to career? Is this person right for our program? I think that that is where some workforce development programs may kind of falter a little bit because they're trying to squeeze everyone through. We want to make sure that this person is right for our program. And then from there, you know, it's like that Maslow hierarchy. Where's your shelter? Where's your food? Um, Where's your safety? So we we work with a, a bunch of resources for that. The other issue that I feel is crucial is, um, making sure that you can expunge anything on your record. So we work really a lot with Maryland Legal, and they are spectacular. For those that are joining our program, we do have transportation available. If you are working and if you are, are going to school or you are trying to go into that career, um, I had a young man who came to the one of our resource clinics, which I think we'll talk about a little later. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, he's in Biteback, is a digital computer training program. And now he's like, now he's, well, what else can I do in computer training? So, you know, we were able to connect him to Maryland Legal, to a 
a computer program were for entry level to now he's looking, hey, well, maybe I, I, I can do security plus or maybe I can do certified ethical hacker. So, again, that career tra- trajectory. Then we have people who've gotten out and they just want a job at the dollar store. You know, all I want to do is be able to take a pay- check home, lay down and be safe. So that goes back to meeting the client where they are. Mm-hmm. They both have great outcomes with potential employment, but they're on different tracks. One needs transportation. The other one doesn't. One has um, charges that can be expunged. One doesn't. So, you know, you, everybody everybody has different mm, different needs. Yeah, and you're taking the time to listen, and um, and they're both going on their own path or finding areas of things they find interesting. Like in the case of the gentleman who got into computers, you find out that you he was suited for that. You identified that, and he had a genuine interest in that and is going to continue to grow in that field. And the Dollar Tree Absolutely. is a good example, too, where, I mean, it could lead to management, you know, with a good record there as being a cashier or clerk or something or restocking shelves or whatever the job might be. Um, so there's a chance for both of them to succeed, but uh, but not without, you know, the first step, which is you, you know, sitting down eye to eye um, and and just and assessing that. And I, I wonder when you say eye to eye, sometimes a lot of things these days are still digital. Is that harder to do in a Zoom environment? Or in that case, do you guys try to make sure that you're always in person with these sorts of assessments with with um, individuals? So it's absolutely harder It with with the Zoom age or Microsoft or um Go to go to meeting or WebEx or whatever, all those (laughs) things. It's all the same digital people in a square that get frozen from time to time. We've all had issues with that no matter what we're doing. Um, But yeah, how how do you do that? You know, because it's kind of all challenges that we all face pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's digital and they are able to do digital and it's a place. This is the other thing with digital. Do you have a... um, calm area where you can engage with someone (laughs) because sometimes there's a lot going on in the background, kids, neighbors, environment. So the digital with the Zoom is probably, if we can get that, that that is the best. Well, one of the best. The other thing is telephone calls, right? And we Mm want to make sure that they know ahead of time and this is our time to speak if it's just 10 minutes. Let's make 10 minutes for each other, or we meet them at um, our resource clinics, because as you say, we're all kind of in flux with the pandemic. So we have to find a way to connect with our with our folks. And I know you guys do a lot of things successfully on Zoom, like your your workshop Wednesdays, and we're going to talk about those now, and also some uh, upcoming and continuous workforce development programs that you have, all the, uh, whether they be digital or in person, at the Greater Baltimore Urban League. And again, we're talking to uh, Lisa Davis; she's the director of workforce development at GBUL. So tell us about some of those programs, and I think um, you know they're probably coming up soon because that that's a weekly thing that you do for your workshop Wednesdays, right? Uh, first and third Wednesday. Uh each month and it's 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. You can register online and it is for our participants. It's for the greater Baltimore area. It is for anyone who wants to come in and, and share information. You, we have financial literacy through Truist. We have um, information from Maryland Hunger Solutions for SNAP. Maryland Legal, we have re- resumes, we've had 
um, someone who represented uh, black male yoga, which was really impactful. Everyone was very relieved uh, <laughs> after that. We've had people coming from returning citizens to speak to employers and tell them their side, right? You said that you wanted to work with us. Now what? And those are through December uh, the first and third Wednesday uh, of the month. That's great. And that Maryland legal advice would be something like you were saying, getting something off of your record, which puts you in a better position to be hired by more employers, maybe more competitive employers. That's all important advice that normally we wouldn't have access to, right? That's exactly right. And, you know, Maryland legal, they do expungement, but they also do tenant-landlord disputes, right? And we go back to those basic, uh, where am I living? And what's, what's over my head? And they can help with that process, too. And I believe that they uh, also have the digital and the the, the phone and the in-person. Mm-hmm, you know, everybody's pivoting after this, yeah. this pandemic. And with um, also now it's become too inflation and the rising cost of rents and housing in general is going to become an increasing problem over the next couple of months where people are going to get to a point where they're stretched a little too thin and they might have other uh, legal ramifications to deal with as well. So thank you for providing that service. Um, And you also work uh, behind the fence, and that means, you know, working with pre-release inmates via technology, which is really important work. Um, I didn't, uh, I don't know if everybody realizes that you you do that, but tell us about that, what it is and how important that is to uh, people who are about to return to the workforce. Oh, it is super exciting, Gina. We have uh, two two days out of the month that we're meeting with pre-release people, and it is uh, can be a little disconcerting at first because there's a security guard and there's a probation officer, and you're in uh, maybe an auditorium or the the venue changes a little bit, but we're still getting there and there and getting the message. And the first Wednesday, we deal with, hey, here's what's going on with jobs. Here's what's going on with community. Here's what's going on with technology. Let's practice doing some applications. And, you know, it, it really does, depending on how long they've been incarcerated, it is quite important, especially we'll, we'll do things where we practice body language. You are a little bit limited to getting up and running around, but it is um, something that I think is important to, to them, especially if we have people presenting who have been in their shoes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I know you don't do it alone. You mentioned Truist um, in some of oh, those yeah. areas. May I just say, um, oh, yeah. on the fourth Thursday, we do bring in mentors and resource and, and do training also and what kind of programs returning citizens can can get into. Oh, yeah. Tell, mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about those returning citizens programs. I'm sorry. I moved forward too quickly. We're still talking about that. That's oh, important. No, 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 <laughs> sorry. So, again, um, there are links for, with, uh, do you want to do culinary? Okay, well, here's a place that's re- returning citizen-friendly. Do you want to um, do construction? Do you want mentoring? Um, I've had returning citizens come in and talk about starting your own business. 
So, yeah, those two. Mm-hmm. Those two are quite important, yes. Um, and, and as I was saying before, I know uh, you don't do it alone. You were mentioning Truist and some other important partners that work with the Greater Baltimore Urban League annually. Um, tell us about some of those other important partners you work with to reach and help as many people as possible, bridging that divide digitally and, and other areas that um, that you need those resources to help do your job. Right. So downtown partnership is crucial. We have a quarterly resource clinic and we host it at their downtown building. And it's, you know, there's something about getting a little dressed up and going downtown, right? To just (laughs) (laughs) make you feel a little bit more important, you know? And we, um, we thank them a lot for that. And it gives us a chance to do bingo, which drives everyone crazy, but it's workforce bingo. And the applicant participant, when they come in, they get a bingo card. So instead of just walking from table to table, they have to go to a table that's providing, say, vehicles for change just recently came, <clears throat> came on board as a partner. They have to go talk to somebody about a vehicle. They have to go talk to somebody about a legal issue. They have to go talk to somebody about a resume. So once they finish that bingo, then, you know, they they get a little swag bag. But Downtown Partnership is crucial. Um, Truist is there providing financial information. And we are currently looking. We have had um, some people come in independently and do credit. That is another huge, that's another whole radio program, Gina, but You know, that credit, poor credit will keep you out of employment. It will make you keep you out of housing. Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure that your credit, you start to build that credit. Absolutely. Or or establishing credit if you don't have it, you know. That's, yes. Exactly. Oh, you stole a good workforce point. Well, see, I know I think I might have to come work with you, Lisa. <laughs> well, you know what? Believe, believe it or not, we've got like less than two minutes now, but I want to make sure what? if there's, oh, I know, oh. can you believe it? If there's anything that we haven't covered, um, I probably have more questions than I can ask you, but is there something specifically you want to make sure people know, people listening to this program, how they can help the Greater Baltimore Urban League with all the work that you do today that you've been talking about, which I know takes a village, as they say. So what's, right. the, what's the best way people can help? Or is there anything I've forgotten to ask you that you really want to make sure you get on the record today? Go on the website. As you promoted earlier, we're having the uh, Whitney and Young Weekend of Empowerment in September. So please go on and, and learn about the golf tournament, the Black Business Summit, and the beautiful Black Wall Street Gala. Um, you can sign up for the webinars. If you have employment opportunities for returning citizens or underserved folks, please get in touch with me. Donating time and, and volunteering is probably crucial. And of course, Gina, donating dollars. Absolutely. You know, Cash is <laughs> cash is king, as they say. But all of these things we're talking about today cost money, right? If it's somebody that's listening that needs the services, that's one thing. If it's someone who has what they need, um, God bless them if they do, and they want to give back a little bit, that's also a way to do it at gbul.org, right? Any time of year doesn't have to just be tax season. The, the donations are always appreciated. That's right. That's right. It's like that Thanksgiving donation. I eat more than this one day, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, thank you so much for all you do, Lisa Davis. We've been talking to this half hour, Director of Workforce Development at the Greater Baltimore Urban League, a proud partner here with Odyssey Baltimore. Thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us. 
All right. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. You too. And thank you all for listening. This has been a production of Odyssey Baltimore. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.